Welcome to the Veterans Access Podcast, where it's our mission to catalyze VA engagement to support families and bring veterans all the way home. The Veterans Access Podcast assists veterans navigating the VA system with detailed guidance in order to obtain the benefits that you've earned. After two decades of war, our veterans and their families are challenged by an unprecedented strain on their mental, emotional, and physical health. And the VA is struggling to keep up with the demand for claims processing. So the UDT SEAL Association has sponsored this educational program to help you successfully engage at every step in your journey through the VA system. Our first series, The SEAL Advocate, Guiding Veterans to Their VA Benefits, was produced by Dr. Jeff Jennis, who is a former Navy SEAL officer and VA Raider, the Director of Outreach and Education, and a VSO for the UDT SEAL Association, as well as a chiropractic physician and acupuncturist. And it's also co-produced by me. My name is Stacey Whitcomb. I am a podcast producer, civilian, and acupuncturist who treats individuals recovering from service-acquired injuries, illnesses, and trauma in a highly specialized clinic that serves emergency responders. I want to share with you a few extremely important details before we launch into this episode. First of all, we will be talking a lot about the workbook, forms, VSO organizations, and other references. Those all can be found in the show notes or at veteransaccessproject.org. Again, that's veteransaccessproject.org. I also feel that it's really important to mention that if you are a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please connect with the Veterans Crisis Line. There are qualified and caring responders that are available for confidential help, and many of them are veterans themselves. This service is private, free, and available 24-7. You can connect by calling 988 and selecting number 1, or you can text 838-255. Lastly, I want to give my own personal heartfelt gratitude and personal thanks to you for your service. Thank you for the sacrifices that you've made for protecting us and defending our rights and for all of the burdens that you've carried. Now, on with the episode. Hey, veterans. Before we launch into this episode, let's make sure that you are in the right place. You're finding yourself on the fourth episode in a series of five where my co-host, Jeff Jennis, and I are helping you access disability benefits in a streamlined manner. If you're looking for help in how to appeal a decision that the VA has made, then you are listening to the right episode. Really quickly, though, I want to give a recap of the episodes in case you're looking for something else. In the first episode, we covered the background and purpose of the VA and its compensation programs. In the second episode, we covered the 21-526EZ application, also known as the 526EZ application. In episode three, we explained how to navigate the VA examinations, and how to file for additionally qualified programs. In this episode, we'll discuss the specifics about the appeals process. And lastly, in episode five, we're going to share special programs and considerations for reserve veterans, combat veterans, and severely disabled veterans programs. My name is Stacy Whitcomb. I'm a licensed acupuncturist who works in a specialized clinic where I treat emergency responders and their families. I'm also a podcast producer and a civilian. Today, I'm here with my friend Jeff Jennis, who is a former Navy SEAL officer, director of outreach and education and veteran service officer with the UDT SEAL Association, a former VA Raider, chiropractor, and acupuncturist. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Stacy. Do you want to add anything to my introduction there? Yeah, yeah. First of all, it's really great to be here with you. 
and thanks to the UDT SEAL Association, of course. And also, I just wanted to say that if we're talking about the appeals process, that this can be a complex and often a frustrating process. So I just want to kind of prepare our veterans that this may take a little bit of time. It also may take several attempts, but I am confident that we can help you get the correct information to the VA and that the VA can make the correct decision for your case. One more thing before we start, all the forms that we mentioned will be linked in the show notes and they will also be in the workbook. That goes for all the episodes. So in this episode, we're discussing how to appeal a decision that the VA has made. Also in today's episode, we're going to go through and give you step-by-step instructions on how to fill out each of these forms, much like we did with the 526EZ form. So basically, here's the scenario. You filed your 526EZ form, you had your exams, and you were awarded benefits, but you feel like something is awry. You may feel like the VA did not get something right. You may get your decision and you may feel like the raider didn't look at all the symptoms or challenges that you were facing. You might feel like they didn't do a thorough enough investigation into all of the information that you provided. In other words, you feel like some of your challenges were not properly considered and you're not being fully compensated. Or you may feel like the effective date is wrong and that you might deserve more compensation. So the two types of decisions that you may need to appeal include the level of disability, which means your rating, and how severe the disability affects you, or the effective date, which means the date the VA starts paying you. That was great. You really, you really nailed it. I think it's important for everyone to understand that you have the right to disagree with any decision that the VA makes about your claim. No matter what the VA says, there's always a way to appeal the decision, but you have to prepare yourself that it may take some time and you may have to do it more than once. So what are some of the key things that a veteran needs to know in order to prep for filing an appeal, Jeff? Well, I think one of the first things that they need to do is they need to really carefully read their rating decision. And that is something that can give them a whole lot of information about what the VA decided exactly, and how they may want to make an appeal to contest it. So I was just going to go through the different sections of the rating decision and then talk about some specifics. So if you have a rating decision that you want to review, you might want to pull it out and use it as we describe what each section is. The first section of a rating decision, your name and your social or your VA file number and who you're represented by will be listed up top. And then there'll be a short introduction paragraph. And in that introduction paragraph, it will list the dates of your service that they are considering for this rating decision. So it should list all of the dates of service. If there's a missing date of service, that would be something that you'd immediately want to correct. The next section is the decision section. And in that section, the VA will make a short statement about what they decided. Following that, there's an evidence section. And in the evidence section, they will list each piece of evidence that was considered. If you don't see a piece of evidence that you thought would be in there, then that also is something that you would want to correct and we'll tell you how to do that. The last section is the reasons for the decision section. And in this section, the VA will take each item that is being decided in this rating decision 
and they will discuss the relative points of why it was either granted or why it was denied. And one of the things that I really want to point out is the very last part of that section is a section called favorable findings. And it's a section that you'll find associated with each individual claim or contention that you're making with the VA. Okay, let's talk about favorable findings. Well, favorable findings came about after a court case. Favorable findings are the VA telling you which of the three elements of service connection have already been met. So if they recognize that there was an in-service event, but they don't recognize that you have a current disability, or they don't recognize that there's a nexus between your current disability and the in-service event, that's what you'll find out in this favorable findings section. So in favorable findings, they will list each one of the elements that you've already proven to them. And you don't have to continue to prove that. If they show an in-service event, then the only thing that you need to prove is the current disability and the nexus. If they don't show an in-service event, then maybe you need to find the proof for that event, which might come in the form of in-service treatment records or a notation on your DD-214 or some other official paperwork that you have from your um, time in service. So basically what you're saying is that this section called favorable findings is actually where you can go to find what missing puzzle piece you need to provide the VA when you're making an appeal. That's exactly right. There's usually three pieces to the puzzle and they're going to list which ones that you've already found and you're looking for the last one. So we're going to turn a corner now and talk about the appeal types. So there's an instructional chart that describes all of these appeal types called the VA Form 20-0998. There are three ways to appeal a decision. Before we start, there are some extremely key details that you need to consider. Jeff, would you like to address those points? Sure, absolutely. There are several options in order to appeal a decision, but you can only choose one option at a time. For each appeal type that we discussed today, you must fill out a different form. You may not use the 526EZ form to file these types of claims. If you do try to use that form, your appeal will not be accepted and you will be directed to use the correct form. That just slows down your claim processing. So what I suggest is everybody check the show notes and the workbook, make sure that you're using the correct form for the type of appeal that you're trying to do. On the summary form that VA Form 20-0998 that describes these processes, in terms of appeal, the order in which we're discussing is from simplest to most difficult. And for the higher level review, the reason why we consider that to be the simplest is because you're appealing a decision, but you're not providing any additional information. You're just asking them to relook at the facts of the case and make a new decision. Now, for these appeal processes that we're going to discuss, most of the time you have one year from the date of the decision that the VA made that you're appealing in order to get your appeal in. If your appeal is successful, then you will maintain the earliest effective date, which means that if your appeal is successful, then they will backdate it to the date of the of the claim for that particular contention. It might be the original claim, might be after. There is another way that you can open a claim either 
one of your initial claims or an appeal after one year, and that you would do with a supplemental claim, but the effective date will only be from the date of that supplemental claim, and it won't necessarily be the earliest possible. So you really want to get those appeals in within a year of the decision that the VA made that you're appealing. So on that outline that the VA made and the order that we're discussing these types of appeals, it's not necessarily the order that they should be attempted. This is not like a one, two, three kind of scenario. It's really an A, B, or C choice. Um, so the situation and the circumstances for each individual claim will really dictate which type of appeal is the most appropriate. As we've said before, you know, a VSO is really the best person to advise you as to which type of appeal is the most appropriate for your claim. Great. So just a quick recap. Number one, you can only choose one way to appeal at a time. Number two, there's a specific form for each type of appeals process. Number three, you cannot use the 526 easy form. Number four, you have one year from the date of the decision that you are appealing to file an appeal. And by doing so, if your appeal is successful, you'll maintain the earliest effective date. Number five, if you appeal more than a year after the supplemental claim, which is the second type of appeal we'll be discussing, the effective date will be the date of the new supplemental claim. Number six, every circumstance is different and will dictate which of the three types of appeal you'll need to make. And seven, the best way to navigate this so as not to make any timely errors is to get the help of a VSO. Okay, Jeff, are you ready to walk us through each type of appeal? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But um, before I do that, I just want to remind our listeners that I'm explaining what is on the VA Form 20-0998, and it also might be helpful if they pull that form up and follow along with us. You can find the form in the show notes, or you can find it on va.gov. So we're going to start with the first choice that you might have to appeal a VA decision, and that's called a higher level review. And so this might be the right avenue to pursue when you believe the VA made a mistake in its determination of your claim. So this is a situation where you think the VA and or the VA examiner had all the information they needed at the time they made that decision, and yet they either discounted the information didn't notice the information, or they made a clear and unmistakable error so that they did not make the right decision or the correct decision. Do you have an example for us? Yeah. Yeah, I have an example. Now, some of these examples that I give might have information that is really mostly accessible by a VSO, but I can remember a case really recently that I was helping a veteran and he had a denial for a low back condition. And what they had said was that the low back condition, even though they had recognized his in-service event, and they recognized that he had a current low back condition and a disability, but indicated that there was no link between the two. The medical examiner had not found a medical link between those two event in service and the current condition. And I was able to look through the paperwork and I looked at what the examiner had said and I realized that the raider had just made a mistake. And actually the, the examiner had said, yes, there was a link and it was written in kind of a little bit of a confusing way. And so it was just a human error. And so 
we were able to go back and just file a higher level review and say, hey, could you please look at this paperwork that you already have and check and see if there was a mistake that was made? And they, in fact, found the mistake and then they granted it. And because he had made his appeal within a year, they were able to grant this claim for a low back condition and they were able to grant it from the date that he originally claimed it. Awesome. Good story. Glad he got help. A minute ago, you used this term, clear and unmistakable error. Can you give a very clear and unmistakable definition for that, please? Absolutely. A clear and unmistakable error, which is often referred to as a CUE, uh, involves a situation where the correct facts were known and based on the current legislation and VA guidelines, the decision was not applied correctly. Now, in this situation, you're asking the VA to make a new decision, but with only the current evidence that is already in the record and was that was of record, meaning that it was in the VA's possession at the time that they made the original decision. You should understand that requesting a higher level review will cause your claim to be sent up to a senior rater who will review all of this previous evidence and they'll review the decision that was made. And this process can take on average maybe four months, but if they do grant it, then the effective date will be the effective date, which should have been granted with the original decision. If you file the appeal within a year of the initial decision. Right. You have one year from the date of the decision that you're appealing in order to file the appeal. And if you do that within a year, then you will be able to maintain the earliest possible effective date. And that's something that the VA is trying to do and they're mandated to do by law. So again, uh, your claim will be sent to a senior rater who's going to review all the previous evidence and the decision that was made. And you may also request to have an optional informal conference with that rater. Usually it's a telephone conference to identify the specific errors in your case that you want them to consider. If you're requesting this option, that could also further delay the claim. And if you do choose to have a telephone or an informal conference, I highly recommend that you have a VSO in on that call so that they can advise you so that they make sure that all the information comes out correctly to the VA. So I have two questions. How would you request this? And then why are you specifically suggesting that they have a VSO on this call? Well, first of all, to request a higher level review, you fill out VA form 20-0996. It's called a decision review request, higher level review. And you want the VSO there because they are the ones that understand the intricacies of the VA rating schedule and they understand which pieces of information you need to prove in order to prove your case. And also, they are the experts on where the VA may have made a mistake. Perfect. Yeah. Um, great. I totally understand. I think it's always great to have a second person on any medical exam, any medical anything. Anytime somebody's talking about stuff that you don't quite understand, it's really nice to have a second set of ears there anytime that's happening. Especially if you're dealing with someone else that's an expert, like a senior level rater, bring your expert to the table as well. Agreed. All right, Jeff, are you ready to walk us through how to fill out the higher level review? I sure am. Okay, fire away. The first thing that I would like to mention about the higher level review is that the higher level review cannot be used to review an already determined higher level review 
or a case that has already gone to the Board of Veterans' Appeals. So this form of appeal, the higher level review, is only for appealing a decision that they made, or it could be appealing a supplemental claim decision that they made, they being the VA. That's when you would use this higher level review. The first section, and by the way, these are in sections on this particular form, section one, which is just the veteran's identification information. Just make sure that it matches your information on file. If you are homeless or at the risk of becoming homeless, definitely check the circle in box six and they will prioritize the handling of your claim. If there's another reason that your claim needs to be prioritized, you can also fill out a different form. It's form 20-10207 and it will be on the website. And that would be if you needed it to be expedited for a reason such as terminal illness, uh, eviction, or hospitalization. And now in section two, we're describing the claimant's identification information. The claimant is somebody other than the vet. Often it's a veteran surviving dependents that might fill out this form. Even uh, survivors might need to appeal a previous decision in order to get the survivor's benefits that their loved one had earned during their lifetime. The next section is section three, and that is the benefit type. You can only select one type of benefit in this section. And for our purposes, we're choosing either compensation or pension. But this form can be used to appeal a whole range of VA decisions that aren't really being discussed right now in this podcast. What we're going to use it for is to appeal and ask for a higher level review of either a compensation decision or a pension decision. Section four, and the title is Optional Informal Conference. And this section you fill out if you want you or your representative to have a phone conversation with a senior rater at the VA, as we described before. You'll mark which hours are best for you to receive that call. And you can also just request that your VSO handle that call for you. The VA will try to call you at least twice, but they will only call twice. Uh, if they don't reach you after the second call, they'll skip the conference and continue with the higher level review. But if they do get in contact with you or your representative, then you have the ability to informally tell them in more detail than you probably could on this form what the specific issue is that you have with the previous decision and why you're appealing it. Section five is titled Issues for Higher Level Review. This section is where you want to tell the VA what you are specifically disagreeing with. So there's two columns. The first column is what you disagree with, and it could be, there's several examples listed on the form. And then the second column is the date of the decision that you're contesting. Now, if you have more information than you can put in that form, you can always use a continuation form, and those will also be available on the website. And it's a 214138 form, which is just a statement in support of claim. So it's just basically a continuation sheet that you can use for any VA form. So we're almost to the end here. The last section is section six, and that's where you're going to certify and sign it. And basically you need to sign it in ink. 
and you'll put the date there. Or if your VSO is filing it, then they will sign and certify this form and they will turn it in for you. So let's talk about the next type of appeal. Yeah, absolutely. The next one is called a supplemental claim. And this is a type of appeal that you would file if the VA has rejected your claim or it's rated it at an inappropriately low level and you have new and relevant information that was not previously considered and is also important for making the correct decision. So in that case, you would want to file a supplemental claim. So in order to file a supplemental claim, you should submit the new and relevant information along with the claim. To qualify as new, the evidence must not have been part of the evidentiary record uh, when they made their first decision. So the VA didn't have this information before. And in order for it to be considered relevant, the additional information has to tend to prove or disprove um, some matter at issue in the claim. So it can be anything to do with the claim, but it has to either prove or disprove something in the claim to be relevant. And do you have an example for this one too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, an example might be someone that has a neck condition and maybe they have some pain and limited ranges of motion in their neck due to a service-connected injury. And so maybe the VA made a decision and they did not see that the person had a current condition. They didn't see the treatment records or they weren't given the treatment records for the current treatment, which shows that they'd been treated for this condition for at least six months, that this condition was chronic and that they had this condition. So in that case, they would deny this case based on no diagnosis because there wasn't a current chronic diagnosis. And if you have evidence that you do have a diagnosis and you have had treatment for this condition, then you could submit that with a supplemental claim and the VA would then consider it and revise their decision. Okay, that makes sense. Let's go through filling out the supplemental claim form. Yeah, in order to file the supplemental claim, Again, it's a different form. It's VA form 20-0995, Decision Review Request Supplemental Claim. This type of appeal is slightly more complex because in addition to filling out this form, and we're going to go step-by-step how to fill it out here, you also need to provide new or relevant information to the VA so that they can reconsider the decision that you're contesting. So this form, rather than in sections, is in parts. So part one, claimants identifying information. Again, as with the other forms, we just make sure that this section matches your address on file and make sure that you fill out your birthday and your social security number or your VA file number. There is a place for both the veteran's name and the claimant's name. If you're the veteran, leave the claimant name blank. If you're a claimant other than the veteran, then you must fill out both the veteran's name and your information under claimant name. So if you are the claimant, then you can also put which type of claimant you are. That's item eight. And then all the way down at item 12, which is the benefit type, that's the same as the other form where we want to check either compensation or pension. Those are the two that we're discussing right now. But this form can also be used to contest a various number of other uh, VA decisions that aren't part of this podcast right now. Okay, now moving on to part two. Part two is issues for a supplemental claim. This is the part of the form where you're going to describe which specific issue you're contesting and the date of the VA decision or notice that you received. Make sure that 
when you're putting the specific issue that you are referencing the new and relevant information that you're going to be providing to the VA. And that's often in the form of additional chart notes or additional documents that you've received or have in your possession. It's also important to note a supplemental claim can be used to appeal uh, an original claim on a 526EZ. It can also be used to contest a previous supplemental claim or a higher level review. You can use this form to contest all of those because you're providing new and relevant information to the VA so that they can then make a proper decision. Okay, we're moving on to part three, which is the new and relevant evidence. And like I said, you need to be providing that, and it says it in the instructions right there at the top of the form about what is new and relevant evidence. You need to provide that evidence along with this claim form. Or if you have additional treatment records that might be at a VA medical center or VA treatment facility or any other federal department or agencies, you can put where those records are located and the dates of the records, and the VA will make attempts to recover those records so that they can be considered in your case. I'm sorry, but the the veteran themselves should actually submit all of that. You shouldn't expect the VA to find that information for you. I agree. If you're filing a supplemental claim, you should be providing the new and relevant information. If you're filing a supplemental claim and expecting the VA to then find it for you, even if you put it on this form, I don't think that you're doing the best for your claim. I think you need to provide it to them so that it's easy for them to see what you're trying to contest and the information that you're providing that you want them to make a new decision on. Would it be safe to say that they actually have to go to the VA to obtain that information with which then to submit to the VA to use this supplemental claim form? Sometimes that's the case, especially if someone is being treated at a VA healthcare facility, so VA medical center. And at the medical center, there might be treatment records. And that's where you could put it on this form and you could list that medical center and the dates of the records. And the VA would attempt to get those records. But you could also go to the release of information office at the VA medical center, obtain copies of them and submit it with your form. And that would probably streamline the process. Cool. That's what I thought. Thank you. Yeah. Part four is a really simple section. It's a 5103 notice acknowledgement. And basically what that means is always check yes so that your case will be adjudicated quicker. Um, the 5103 is a, a rights notice that the VA will send you, but it's part of the original forms that you had. And so if you haven't had a decision within a year, the VA is mandated to send you one of these unless you waive that right. If they have to send you one, it'll add at least a month to your claim. Part five is the certification and signature. And that is where you're going to sign as the veteran or as the claimant and date it in ink, unless you have a VSO as your representative, and then they will sign for you. This bottom box, which is the alternate signer certification and signature, that box is usually not used very often. It's only used in a case where the veteran is going to be signing the form, but they're not physically capable or mentally capable of signing it. And so other family members sign that indicate that they that their mark on the form is acceptable as a signature. And just like you did when you filed your first claim, 
you'll probably have to wait several months to see if the VA changes their decision. And if the decision is changed in your favor, the correct rating will be backdated to the time that you filled out your first claim paperwork if you appealed within the year timeframe. It's also, like we mentioned before, at any time in the future, so this is even past the one-year timeframe, if you have additional information and you want to appeal a previous decision, you still can with a supplemental claim, but the effective date will likely only be the date that you made this new supplemental claim, but you still are able to appeal a past VA decision, even if it's decades ago. Okay. So let's talk about the last type of appeal. Yeah, absolutely. And this one is definitely the most lengthy and the most complicated. And this is when you decide to make a appeal to the Board of Veterans Appeals. If you do this, definitely contact your VSO to help you with this type of appeal. They will help you plead your case before the Board of Veterans Appeals. And it's important to know that this process can take like I said, a long time, like usually a year or longer. And it's why you probably want to consider the first two options, a higher level review or a supplemental claim first before this, but it's still an option. So can we talk a little bit about the Board of Veteran Appeals so that our listeners have kind of an idea of what to expect? Because this one seems like court. Yeah, it's very much like court. In fact, the Board of Veterans Appeals is a collection of administrative law judges who work for the VA for this specific purpose. They are literally the experts that set precedent regarding VA regulations. So if you want to file this type of appeal, you have to choose a particular method you would like the judge to use. The first one is called direct review. And this one is where you want the judge to review the case and you don't want to provide any additional evidence. And the judge will review all the evidence and they'll also review what the VA's current determination, something called a supplemental statement of the case. And after that, they will make a ruling either in your favor or siding with the VA uh, original decision. The second type of appeal to the Board of Veterans Appeals is evidence submission. In this type of circumstance, you have new and relevant information that you want the judge to consider. And so they will consider that new evidence along with all the existing evidence and make their decision. The third type of Board of Veterans Appeals proceeding is a hearing. And in this situation, you're requesting to have a hearing with the Veterans Administrative Law Judge. Now, you'll be notified in advance the date of your hearing, and it will likely be held remotely you should absolutely have your VSO with you for this hearing. And the judge will take testimony, legal testimony from you and or your VSO. And he'll also examine any evidence associated with your claim. After that, the judge makes a ruling. So once a judge makes a determination, it is essentially the final determination. Once the Board of Veterans Appeals makes that ruling, the only way to go higher than that is to go to the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims and then for the U.S. Supreme Court. And that happens sometimes when there are legislative changes. It's due to a case that's gone up that high and then applies to all veterans. So how would they file a request? So we're covering an appeal to the Board of Veterans Appeals last because it usually is the most complicated. And as we mentioned before, it also takes 
usually at least a year for this process to work its way through the Board of Veterans Appeal and for you to get a final decision. And that process actually can take much longer. One year is about the minimum. So if you're making an appeal and you make one to the Board of Veterans Appeals, you just should not expect a quick turnaround time. If you feel like you could make one of the other appeals, either a higher level review or a supplemental claim to, to get action on what you disagree with, that would be a far quicker and a more efficient way to, to get it done. So on this form, which is the VA form 10182, and it's a board appeal, and it's also sometimes known as a notice of disagreement. And that is under the title of the form and it's in parentheses, but that's what it used to be called. And that's basically you putting the VA on notice that you disagree with their decision and you're asking a higher authority, which is the Board of Veterans Appeals, to then adjudicate between you and the Veterans Administration. So this form is also laid out in parts and part one is your personal information. And you can see that this is much simpler, but you still need to put the veteran's name and their file number. File number refers to their social security number or their VA file number, whichever is used for them. You need to put their date of birth. And then if you're not the veteran, then you need to put your information there in item four. If you have a representative, then you'll put them and you'll also put your contact number in that part one. If you are homeless or at risk, they will prioritize processing your claim. So Definitely provide a preferred phone number and an email address so that they are able to contact you as quickly as possible. It is difficult, obviously, but you should have a representative at the VA if you are homeless. They do have case officers track their homeless populations. Now we're moving on to part two, which is the board review option. Um, and you can only check one of these options, and it's probably the most important part of the form. What you're deciding here is first either A, B, or C. So you have to decide whether or not you want to have a direct review by the veterans law judge, and you're not going to submit any information. You just want to send it directly to the judge and have them make a decision. Item 10B, if you check that one, then you do submit evidence to the veterans law judge, and then you want them to go ahead and um, make a decision unless you provide any other additional information within 90 days. So item 10C is when you want a hearing with the veterans law judge and you want to provide the opportunity to not only provide evidence in written form, but you actually want to schedule a hearing so that then you can get your testimony into the record. And this is kind of important when you have a case that's very complex or if you're disagreeing with VA examiners or raters. You can choose to have this hearing either at the central office in Washington, D.C. Not many people choose that unless you live in the local area. You can also do a video conference hearing where you go to a regional office in your area and then you have a conference with the administrative law judge at the Board of Veterans Appeals. And you can also do a virtual telehearing where you do it via your own computer. And then you provide an email address to be able to do that. So part three, which is specific issues to be appealed to a veterans law judge at the board. First, you need to check a box there in item 11. And those boxes, you only check if they apply. The first box is if you're asking for a extension of time to provide information to the administrative law judge. 
So you're asking for more than the 90 days. The second box there is if you're specifically appealing a decision by the Veterans Health Administration, then you need to check that box because they will expedite it if you're in need of health care and it's a decision that they can decide in your favor. Beyond that, there's the same two columns as on the other forms where you list what the specific issue that you disagree with and that you're contesting. And then in the next column, you list the date that decision was made. Okay, this is just a one-page form. So as we move down to part four, it's just the certification and signature, and it's really just a place for you to sign it and date it. And on this form, it's either, again, the appellant, so that's the veteran, the claimant, or it can be their representative as well that signs this form. And you really should have your VSO help you prepare this case and prepare the evidence. Unless you're a lawyer or a doctor and have experience with these types of complex uh, legal and medical cases, don't expect to win this type of appeal unless you have a VSO helping you. Okay. So at the beginning of this episode, we said that there are two main circumstances where you might want to appeal a decision made by the VA. And they were, number one, the level of disability, which means your rating, and how severe the disability affects you. Or number two, the effective date, which means the date the VA starts paying you. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about effective dates. Jeff, can you explain effective dates to us, please? Yeah, absolutely. So the VA has the responsibility to provide the earliest effective date allowed by law or regulation. The effective date is based on when a veteran submits a claim or based on the date of discharge. Now, if the VA gets an original claim within one year of the veteran exiting the service, the effective date is usually the day after discharge. There are some exceptions to that, but usually most things that have, have occurred within a year of separating the service, the VA assumes that those are more likely to be service-connected than otherwise. So if we're talking about effective dates, it's a relatively common appeal for the veteran to believe that maybe there's evidence in there that the effective date should be earlier than what the VA says. An example of that might be that there was medical evidence that provided an onset for this condition earlier that the VA overlooked. Another example might be that the VA rater used the date of your VA exam as the effective date instead of the date that the claim was submitted. Another possibility is that you filed an intent to file and they didn't notice it in the system, and so they didn't give you the earliest possible effective date. They will likely correct those errors with a higher level review or a supplemental claim. Those are pretty simple errors for the VA to correct. But in this situation, you would want to use the higher level review, right? Yeah, for the most part, for effective dates, I would mostly just appeal it using a higher level review unless there was new and relevant information, and then I would use supplemental claim. So when you make this type of appeal, you should also include a veteran statement. Usually that's done on a form 4138. It's included in the workbook. And you should basically explain what the mistake was, why you think the effective date should be earlier, and then that will point the senior rater to the information, and hopefully they can grant your earlier effective date. And that's just another situation where the VSO can aid and give great assistance. And that should be something that's, that's of note to our listeners, is that the VSOs have the ability to look into the VA record system and see what they have in there and then point them to the right information. 
All right, that's it. Once again, we really want to emphasize the importance of having a VSO. I know you heard it 17,000 times before, guys, but it's super important to have one through the whole process, and mainly so that it doesn't get slowed down by any mistakes that you might make. And also, I just wanted to remind everybody that getting help should not cost you anything. Having a VSO is free, so please do not make that a barrier to getting help. Jeff, is there anything else that you would like to add? I would just like to say again that for any decision that the VA makes, there's always a way to appeal that decision. So I don't want our veterans to be frustrated unnecessarily, and I just want them to understand that these processes take time, but it's absolutely possible to make sure that the VA gets the appropriate information and that they make an accurate decision. Okay. Thanks so much, Jeff, for your time and all of your effort in doing this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate you, Stacy. Thank you. Bye for now. I want to give a special thanks to the UDT SEAL Association for their generous support of this project. If you found this information helpful and would like to support the project, please consider making a donation to the UDT SEAL Association at udtseal.org forward slash donate. You can also find that link in the show notes. Lastly, please follow the podcast and share it with other veterans to help them in their journey through the VA. Thank you.